Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. There was a stat that came out, and it, and it's so interesting because you get both sides of the spectrum. I've seen there are quarterback lists where Tua's ranked like 13 behind a Kyler Murray who hasn't played yet and a Geno Smith who just got absolutely cooked. And then there are stats like this, Josh. Next-gen stats. Tua leads the NFL in passing EPA through the first nine weeks of the season, which is all good and well. We know that Tua has been on an absolute tear this year. Just the improbable combination of the team's ability to get the ball out quick and to shoot the ball downfield has been so impressive throughout the year. Uh, Tyree kill on pace for 2000 yards. I think Raheem Mostert is fourth in rushing yards. He's still up there in touchdowns with 11. So you see how well this offense is truly coming together. But something that I thought was very interesting, Josh is right beneath this statistic was the leader in passing EPA has won the league MVP in six of the last seven seasons. So, Josh, I thought we could spend a little time here and, and talk about this. You know, after week one, Tua matched Pac- Patrick Mahomes in MVP odds. All of a sudden, he's dipped a little bit. Dolphins can't win against good teams, unless they're the Chargers count. We're still not sure about that. But 
Josh, what does the second half of the season need to look like for Tua to be legitimately in that MVP conversation and maybe even swing some of those people who still think this is kind of a flimsy football team? Yeah, I mean, for me, he has to keep on pace statistically at least. I mean, just start there, right? I mean, you have to – right now he has 19 touchdowns, leads the league. I think he has 2,700 yards. I mean, he's on pace to to have, what, 35-plus touchdowns and 4,500 yards, if not a little bit more. I mean, that right there is MVP numbers. And then next I want to see him, um, you know, win some of these games, right? I mean, I'd written down the Bills games. Obviously, that's a pretty big game. You're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. That's a team that you want to see how you measure up against them. And then – the New York Jets, you know, we talked about them, but those are division games. That is a very good defense. And, um, you know, this team has been, you know, they've lost games where they should have won in previous years. So I want to see him take care of business, continue on the trajectory that he's on. But, um, I mean, right now where he's at, I think he is – he has a chance to be the league MVP. And then you just wonder, you know, some people are going to battle and say, you know, Tyreek Hill might deserve it if he hits that 2,000-yard mark. For me, I feel like if you take Tua Tungamaloa out of this lineup – that's not the Miami Dolphins. This offense won't be doing what they're doing, and that's why I believe he's the league MVP. But um, you got to win these big games, right? You can't lay an egg against Kansas City Chiefs, whoever you want to blame in that. You know, it was the entire offense that laid an egg there, but you want to see Tua time by low. When I'm t- tweeting Tua time, you want to see him go out there, show up, make that drive, finish it off, because he's getting ready to get paid like one of those quarterbacks, like you mentioned on a previous podcast. He's leading the league in a couple of categories. You mentioned it, passing yards, uh, passing touchdowns. He's one ahead of both Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen. Mahomes is at 17, and then Russell Wilson is there at 16. So there's a chance that the Dolphins, or Tua specifically, might drop in a few of these categories simply because he's not playing this week. But I think it's really interesting that MVP isn't only a statistical thing. I think there is a little bit of narrative to it. And when I think about how Tua can become the MVP – Well, Josh, I was ready to talk myself into being scared about Zach Wilson because of this New York Jets defense. Tua has to play that defense twice. Tyreek Hill needs to average, I think it's 123 receiving yards a game for the rest of the season to reach 2,000 yards. You have to play the Jets twice. You have to play the Cowboys. You have to play the Ravens, which right now is the best team in the NFL, and they're like looking like a generational team by all these advanced analytics. We'll see if that can hold up through 17 games, but that's another team. And then ending the season with the Bills. Josh, I think of a great scenario here where you can just play the narrative game. You go there. You go to Baltimore and you beat the Ravens and you cap the season with beating the Buffalo Bills. I think even if Tua falls off a little bit statistically, when you have to face teams like the Jets twice and then the Cowboys, I think, you know, you could see, oh, no, Josh Allen leads the league in passing touchdowns. Uh, Sam Howell goes bananas like he has been in recent weeks and leads the league in receiving, excuse me, passing yards. But overall, I think there can be a really interesting narrative to build as the season gets into that final little stretch. Yeah, and I'm going to feel disgusting even saying this because, you know, it's been, what, uh, 23 years since the Dolphins won a playoff game? But what if, you know, that Bills game at the end of the year isn't for anything? What if the Dolphins are resting to a time by low and he doesn't get some of those, um, you know, hit on some of those statistical marks that some of these other guys might? But um, I think if you're looking at everything right now, I think he's definitely in the running for that. And you just hope he keeps on pace. And most importantly, I've written down, stay healthy, right? I mean, um, that's been the biggest thing that's really been the difference maker this year, right? Yes, it's year two in Mike McDaniel's offense. Yes, you got all these different weapons. The the offensive line's playing better. Defense is now elite. But if Tuatone Valo wasn't healthy, you probably wouldn't be at six and three right now. So um, I know we all feel real bitter where we're at right now. But if they come out, man, firing out of the gate, the offense is clicking. We got the defense right, right high on their tail. I mean, um, we're right where we want to be, and Tua Tungvalu is a huge reason for that.
It's kind of bananas, man. You go back to last week, and Miami had a, a late bye week last year. They they were week eleven, and then after that, they followed up with a thirty to fifteen win against Houston. But man, then that five game losing streak came in. So I'm interested to see what this offense can look like when you just have Tua in the room, being that leader. Uh, Tyree Kill just dropped a new episode of It Needed to Be Said today, and he just mentioned again just Tua taking over not only as a quarterback but as like that leader, you know, just telling people how to really attack a bye week. I'm interested to see what having him just in the locker room does and how it sets the tone for that second half of the season because when you're 7-3 and three and you en- enter the bye week and then you come out of it with a, you know, 15-point win against Houston, then to lose five straight, man, it's that, that's like, that's just bananas. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Bananas indeed, and I'm looking at the schedule right now. We got what? The Raiders, then the Jets, then the Commanders, then the Titans, and then the Jets again. So, I mean, I know Merrick talked about in the last pod, but, I mean, those seem like kind of five winnable games, right, Jake? I mean, and then just to think that where we would be at that point, what, 11-2 and two with, um, man, I'm, I'm blanking here, what, four more games left in the season? That's absolutely wild, right? I mean, so um, right now we just need to attempt a little of the offense to – put the last game behind them and look more like that team that we saw at the beginning. And part of doing that is having someone emerge as wide receiver three, Jake, and I'm spiraling off the rails here, but I want to get your thoughts on that real quick because um, you did an article, you know, they brought in some veteran wide receivers, you know, some speed. Racy McMath, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Racy McMath. And um, Braxton Barrios, I think Omar Kelly tweeted out, he's a little bit banged up, but we saw said Wilson kind of emerge over the last few weeks. So um, do you see maybe the Dolphins signing someone there, or do you think um, they're going to have to, rely on a Cedric Wilson at this point, you know, maybe a Chase Claypool when he gets more of that playbook down. What are your thoughts on that wide receiver three position? Because um, if Tua Tungvaluwa wants to win MVP, we need to have that third receiver, that option open up now, right? Because we know he has Tyreek Hill. know he has Jalen Waddle. Who's that third guy? I'm not starting with this just to throw shade at you. It's definitely not Robbie Chosen. I think one thing this team is quickly realizing is Too that soon, man. Too soon. He, he I forgot he was even on the roster. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, until I see him with that Space Ranger advisor, I honestly kind of I, I did forget about him. I'm, I'm at Chase Claypool. That's my hyped guy now. I'll I'll um uh, that's the bandwagon I'm on right now. Can we um for this podcast? Can the picture of it? Can it be that meme where it's the guy looking back at the other girl? Can it be your face looking at Chase Claypool holding hands with Robbie Chosen? Dude, we get- yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's perfect, right? And and, and it, the, I don't know. Am I really the the poster child of mid receivers? Is that who I am? I I feel like I am with the Isaiah Fords, the Preston Williams. I I bang the table for Mike Wallace. Good God, that is me. <laughs> the self reflection here is absolutely amazing. Um, last week against the Chiefs, fan really got the question going about this wide receiver three position. Said Wilson had five or, se- or five targets. He only caught one of those. And Braxton Berrios wasn't targeted once. So you do wonder, all right, he's dealing with some injuries. So they'll just have him back there returning kicks. But I mean, if I remember correctly, I think he was returning almost every single kick back there. And if the kickoff's one of the most violent plays in the entire game, then what are we doing here type of thing? But to kind of backtrack a little bit here, I was really interested in 
maybe a little concerned to see that Braxton Barris wasn't that number three guy against the Chiefs because I think that's what this Miami Dolphins offense really needs, just that safety presence, that valve who can just really reset the downs, give you that first down to try to get your guys out in space again. So, Josh, that is such a good question. Anthony Schwartz was the one name that stuck out to me simply because uh, he can thrive as a runner out of a wide receiver position as well. I think he has about nine carries for 90 yards and a touchdown in his career. So that kind of brought me back to Eric Azukama a little bit. I think that's the void the Dolphins are really struggling to fill. Just that versatile piece who can catch a ball over the middle, but hey, he can also run the ball up the middle too. Chase Claypool isn't necessarily that. I think they'll get him going on some end arounds, but I still think there's one skill set that the Miami Dolphins are really trying to find. It's interesting because they not only tried out three receivers, but there are three receivers on the practice squad. So this is a team that has a lot of talent has a lot of guys in the room. It just seems like they haven't found that one type, one trait that they're truly, truly looking for just to give someone like a, a different package that op- opponents might not be ready for. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just going to sign Rob Gronkowski, right? I mean, can, can they sign him? Is he even a free agent? I don't I don't really know his details, but all jokes aside, I mean, um, you're going to have guys that are coming back like Devon Achan. How does he fit in that passing game, right? We saw him making some plays in the passing game. We know Raheem Mostert has a role in that. I mean, last week we saw Jeff Wilson. Um, being targeted. So um, does Craycraft come back? I mean, that's another guy that can maybe fill that void. But um, the Dolphins have time right now to go out there and, you know, try to uh, leave no stone unturned and trying to find some depth here with that playoff push coming up in December. I think one of the I don't know if this is annoying. I don't know if this is bad, good, but I kind of wish the Miami Dolphins were involved in trade rumors around the trade deadline. Um, Maybe just their name floated with a couple players because I'd be truly interested to see which positions Chris Greer is most worried about upgrading. They're bringing in wide receivers, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The bye week gives you that extra time to try to integrate someone. They're not going to fully understand the offense, but like I said, just to create that package, that unknown that opponents haven't seen yet. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com SportsFan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.